Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Chief Brief. You'll have to excuse me today and my tardiness on this podcast. I'm pretty hungover on tequila, barbecue, and sadness as Kira and I made the pilgrimage with our unborn daughter to Arrowhead and a game I will never forget. Ah, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. But maybe not for the right reason. September 26, 2021. Taylor Swift has not had a concert in a thousand and forty days, and it's still 537 until her next show on the Eras Tour. Why is this date important? Well, She was just coming off her re-release of Fearless and diligently working on Taylor's version of Red, both her second and third best albums, respectively. That is 100% canon, and anything you argue against it is wrong. Nope, you're wrong. Look it up. I don't have to look it up. It's common knowledge. He was on the cover of People magazine when the movie... Everyone knows Kevin Bacon was a star of Footloose. No, It was was a huge movie. He was the lead. No, 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 no. But more importantly, that was the last time the Chiefs lost back-to-back games. So with that, let's get into the Blitz. Week 13, 2719 Green Bay Packers. Uh, last episode, after talking smack about Jordan Love, I'm pretty sure they pulled off a freaky Friday before the game and switched bodies. Mahomes goes one TD for 210 yards. Uh, Love goes 267 yards for three TDs, absolutely lighting us up. Holy shit, he's good. None of you tell McQuay that he's good, all right? If you do, he'll leave the city program. Pacheco goes off, then has to go off. A.J. Dillon is an absolute battering ram through our line. And the game ends with me screaming so long and so loud at the TV that I wake up my pregnant wife from the dead of sleep and everyone fights. Fight, 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 fight. So where did they go wrong? Well, let's start with the positives. Special teams. Harrison Bucker stayed perfect. He hit his two field goals, including the end of the first quarter uh, with no time left on the clock, uh, like two seconds after the clock had run out. They let us snap the ball and kick the field goal anyways, which is just a little bit of foreshadowing on what would be to come later from the referees. Uh, Richie James played it safe. Uh, With McCole Hardman hurt, he's been playing it safe, uh, and I'm fine with that. But we really need McCall back because when you look across the field and see what Keyshawn Nixon is doing for the Packers on a regular basis, uh, that guy's a dog. He's an absolute game changer. Defense. The defense had a bad game, but they're allowed a bad game. They've been great all year. And honestly, the Packers kind of came out looking like the 2019 Chiefs. Uh, They were running end arounds with quick wide receivers uh, and we were stacking the box because A.J. Dillon is kind of unstoppable up the middle. Uh, When we did stack the box against him, they flipped it outside to Watson or Warren who went for like a 10 yard gain. Uh, And then when we played the outside, again, Dillon just punched it up the gut. Uh, They won the war of attrition. 
Jordan Love looked really comfortable all night back there. They got two sacks late in the game when it did matter. But other than that, he had a lot of time. He made his own room back there. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. And that is the difference. The Packers haven't been a good team. But when he is good with his wide receiver core, they're going to be unstoppable. And they were in this game. Five separate starters on the Chiefs defense had a hundred percent completion percentage when targeted against. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. We couldn't stop the pass, including a fourth and one opportunity where they threw a 55-yard bomb to Romeo Dobbs in quadruple coverage. Um that play definitely shouldn't have been completed, but that was just the way this one was going for us. Again, Legereus Sneed, absolute star of the game. Uh, he was really the only guy in the secondary that was shut down all night. Uh, he only had four targets, uh, but only allowed two completions for five yards and a 50 QB rating. Uh, he's not getting targeted a lot right now because he's not getting space between him and the wide receiver and there's nothing to throw to, then you're not going to get thrown at. The offense fell asleep for the first half of football and finally woke up in the third quarter with a very Patrick Mahomes-esque play finally. Uh, in the third, he does a little run to the line of scrimmage, baits the linebacker towards him, and then throws like a 20-yard gain with a little jump at the end, which is something we're used to seeing but haven't seen lately. Uh, Mahomes is pretty much the master of this option pass that he has pretty much invented uh, where the option actually happens at the line of scrimmage and you can't get too close to him or he'll throw it and you can't give him too much space or he'll run for the first down. And it was good to see that again today. Mahomes is unbelievable. Yo, he is a magician. I'm convinced. But other than that, late in the game, you could see the frustration on Mahomes' face. And yes, you could definitely see the frustration with the refs, but that's not where it started. That just exacerbated things. Late in games... Mahomes has been frustrated, and it starts with his wide receivers. Whenever there's a play that he just wants quickly out of his mind, you see him walking back to the huddle, doing that little come-hither thing with his fingers. Everybody huddle up, huddle up, huddle up, huddle up, because he's stressed out, and he's doing it way more often now. There's drops early in this game that got under his skin, and then he gets into that trouble that he got into a couple of years ago when his interception rate was through the roof, where he feels like, I got to be the guy to do this and there's nobody here. So I got to make a crazy play. So if you look at the stats uh, for the Green Bay defenders, uh, they had seven pressures, but actually zero hurries. And a hurry is defined as any time you make the quarterback throw the ball off balance or under not ideal circumstances because of your pressure. So he essentially makes a bad throw. Patrick had zero hurried throws in this game by that definition. But if you look at it, I wouldn't say that's 100% true. I'm sorry. Did, did you just call me a liar? No, I said you were fired. Oh, that's much worse. Patrick puts too much pressure on himself. And then pretty much in the fourth quarter, everything he does is hurried. He feels backed into a corner. He plays the whole fourth quarter when they're losing hurried. And you can see that with the interception to Keyshawn Nixon. He makes a bad overthrow to Sky Moore, a guy who's 
really not that capable of catching a badly thrown ball anyways. And it was a pivotal turnover with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. The defense steps up and gets us the ball back. But at that point, it's already over. You can see it on Patrick's face and you can definitely see it at the end of the game. All I know is that you drove us off the road. He starts complaining about the refs. And yes, one of the most egregious non-calls on a pass interference I've seen in a while. MVS had a defender on his back like a backpack. I don't care. I know Patrick's been complaining and I know he complained again this week, but you have to imagine how he feels with the deck stacked against him and no help. He does feel like he needs to win this game by himself. So now when a call doesn't go his way, it's going to hurt him that much more and he's going to freak out. And yes, I'm not impartial. But don't give me that, hey, we got the late hit call when really his feet were in bounds. Because honestly, and you can admit it in real time, he was decelerating, he was stepping out, and the defender lit him up. You can see the exact same thing in the third quarter on a second and eight when Jordan Love is running to the line and our linebacker just pushes him doesn't drop his shoulder, doesn't try to knock him out of the game. It was second and 10. What is he trying to do there? Second and 10. It's going to be third and an inch. Does he think if he absolutely kills him, it's somehow going to knock us back into a fourth and long situation? So don't give me that. It was 100% a flagrant attempt to hurt our quarterback. And that's what the NFL is trying to do now. Protect quarterbacks when otherwise they wouldn't get any help. Get out, get out! Okay, but on my way, I'm gonna be doing this. If you get hit, it's your own fault. And so Patrick steps up at the end of the game, spins out of trouble, and makes the crazy play that we love him for, but the ref doesn't call it. It doesn't call it, and it needs to be called. And that's why he feels like he has to do everything alone. But the problem is, Patrick can't do it himself. We have a great um, section of do it yourself. Do you like to do it yourself? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if uh, the mood strikes. He can't throw the ball down the field 40 yards and make the catch. So him doing it himself has always meant getting away from that pressure getting the space, and making the right play. And he's still doing that in a sense this year. He is still the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. And if you look at his pocket time this year, it's the same as his career average. He has just as much time before the pocket collapses. The difference is that he is rolling out of the pocket and that option is no longer there. And defenses are getting wise to that. So they are blitzing him and pressuring him more than they ever have before because they know that even if he does spin out of it, when he makes that laying sideways horizontal throw across his body 25 yards across the field, well, the guy in red and gold, he's not going to catch it. And so that'll take us into our top five. Top five free agent targets that can catch that football. Dreaming about me, baby. I should be on your mind constantly. My agent should be thinking Rod Tidwell. That's when the big dollars are going to flow. That's when we truly will materialize the quan. Who is it? 
Who is this? You are speaking to the Rod Tidwell. I need to speak with my agent. I need to be my agent. My agent and I should be one. Are you a football player? Am I a football player? I'm a school teacher about to walk your ass. Put Jerry Maguire on the phone. Important to note that for this list, money is an object and clearly has been for Brett Feach, which is why Tyreek Hill is no longer on our team. So immediately, Mike Evans is off the table. He's probably the best available wide receiver, but we're not going to pay for him. Cough it up. Fine. I don't Coughing know if we up. should be doing anything too official just yet. Just take know? it. Just take it. Just take it. Okay. Seven dollars? the fuck, man? This isn't enough. What are you, six years old? It's all I have. Well, you better think of something quickly, all right? So with that in mind, number five. Number five is Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is estimated to be worth about $14 million annually next year. At 26 years old, Marquise Hollywood Brown has only had one season of 1,000 receiving yards. However, if you look at his quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, that was the only time he had a quarterback throw for over 3,200 yards. So with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, this guy could be legit. He does not drop the ball a lot, and he averages eight yards in the air per catch. He only has 580 yards this season, but again, with poor quarterback play, he has 400 air yards and four touchdowns. He's a pretty good option for us. Number four. Number four is T. Higgins. T. Higgins is estimated at a market value of about $16 million per year, but I know he's going to sign for a lot more, which is one of the reasons he's not further down this list. This year, he's having a pretty down year, but he's only 24 years old, and Joe Burrow has been hurt and playing poorly all year and now isn't even available for him. Another thing that shies me away from him is his drop percentage. This year, it's over 10%, and in subsequent years, it's been around 7 He is young and can figure it out and probably will, but I don't want another project, probably at the price that it's going to cost us for him. Number three. At 24 years old, number three should be pretty familiar to Chiefs fans. It's Gabe Davis. The man they call Big Game Gabe. Check out the big brain on bread. Has been killing the Chiefs for years. He only has 580 receiving yards this year, but Josh Allen is having a down season and he's playing second fiddle to Stephon Diggs. Gabe averages 16 yards per reception and most of those yards do come in the air. He is a legitimate deep threat. And with an estimated market value at $13 million, I would love to see what this guy can do in a number one role. Okay, get ready to crucify me. Number two. Number two is a steal. At $11.5 million in market value, I want 27-year-old Curtis Samuel. You're kidding, right? Okay, I know. You probably think I'm an idiot right now. Curtis Samuel, though, is that 2019 Chiefs guy. Think about it. He rushes, he receives, he's fast, he's got great hands. His catch percentage is at 79% this year, and he only has one drop at a 1% rate. He completely changes the offense, and at pretty much the same price we're paying MVS, 
Why not go after this guy? When he was with Carolina, he had a thousand yards from scrimmage and was the number three guy on that team. He hasn't really had an A1 receiver, and I would love to see what we could do wheeling him around in the red zone. And number one. Number one, take all the money in the world that he wants and give it to 26-year-old Michael Pittman. Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! Probably going to finish the year with around 1,500 yards and his third straight season of at least 900 receiving yards. This guy is legit. He's caught the ball at a 70% clip three straight seasons, and this season has a 0.7 drop percentage. He is sure-handed, he is fast, he is young, and he is a deep threat. Give him the money. Oh, I can't take his money. I can't print my own money. I have to work for money. Why don't I just lie down and die? And speaking of way too much money, this week, Kira and I flew down to Kansas City and spent $800 to sit at the very top of Arrowhead Stadium and take our unborn daughter to her baptismal font of a stadium and watch the Chiefs play the Bills in what I expected would be one of the most unforgettable weekends of my entire life. And I was right. I definitely won't soon forget that game. And I don't think the world will either, based on all the internet memes I've seen in the last week and a half. So forget the blitz. Let's just get right into it. KC, the defense was good. They started out a little weak, and we didn't have an answer for James Cook. Nick Bolton was back, which is awesome, because Drew Tranquil went down with a concussion last week. But the linebackers couldn't keep up with Cook specifically, and those blown coverages ended up burning us. But then, in the second half, they held them to six points. They didn't let the Bills score a second-half touchdown. And again, anytime you stop the Bills from scoring in the second half of a football game, you should win that game. Legereus Sneed was really the only standout player again he kept Josh Allen's rating to 39 when targeting him. The defense was in Josh Allen's face the whole night. They pressured him 22 times and they caused 12 hurries, 12 hurried throws on Josh Allen's part. And there was that big thing earlier about Josh Allen not being able to make quick decisions and poor decision making being his bane. Hey, don't yell at Homer just because he's a little slow. <gasps> Nothing was said. Not good. What was it? Don't yell at Homer! No, that's okay. What was it? Slow! They called you slow! But he came through. We sacked him a couple times, but there were like five other times where we had him wrapped up, and he just got out of it. At one point on a fourth and one, the Bills line up in the shotgun in the most Patrick Mahomes formation of all time. Nick Bolton is on him. He's waving his hands in his face and he's got him to that Patrick Mahomes option where you're either going to hit him or he's going to throw it over you. He literally grabs Allen by the shirt who turns his arm sideways, 
dumps it off six yards for the completion, and they're right back to first down. And that was it. There was a lot of 50-50 things in this game that just ended up not falling our way. The Bills late in the game fumbled a ball out of bounds and got to keep it. There were a lot of little things like that. So the defense did what they could. They kept Josh Allen to minimal rushes. His longest rush of the night was eight yards. And yeah, it sucks. It was in the red zone. He walked through the line like a hero and it ended up being the game winning touchdown. But that's just Josh Allen. Keeping him under 40 yards, well done. Special teams. Special teams was not risky enough, and that's kind of been a theme. Richie James kept calling for fair catches on kickoffs on like the 6 and 10 yard line, and I get it. It's an automatic touchback, and you get it on the 25, but take the ball out, man. You're on the 10 yard line. Let's make a risk here. Why are you even back there? Anyone can do what you're doing in that situation. Another problem, Butker. He made his kicks when he got the opportunity, but there was a point in the game where we had the ball on Buffalo's 39-yard line on fourth down, and we punted it, and Tommy stepped up and got it on like the five-yard line, but that's a 57-yard kick, and it wasn't windy, and I can guarantee it wasn't windy because I was sitting in the very top row of that stadium, and I was not cold. Harrison Bucker has been perfect all year. And I heard a couple people in my section say it. Well, maybe they're worried that he'll miss and he won't be perfect anymore. That's not an okay answer and that better not have been the reason. 57 yards is bread and butter for Harrison Bucker this season. And when we ended up losing the game by a field goal, that doesn't feel very good. And now for the offense. They came out of the gate slow and it's been a theme for them is to either end slow or start slow on the flight to kansas city our plane felt awful the whole takeoff for like the first 40 minutes of the flight it was rocky i could feel my stomach bottoming out kira was going to be sick and then the landing was smooth like butter you couldn't even feel the wheels touch and then on the way home we got so nervous for takeoff and you couldn't even feel it. It was smooth as hell. And then coming back, we circled the airport three times. We descended, then ascended again. We were up, we were down. It was rocky as hell. And I made more deals with God than I did during the 2019 playoffs. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman. And I thought, why couldn't we just combine these flights? Why couldn't we be smooth on both ends? And that's been the Chiefs offense all year. Why can't you just be good the whole game? Why do you have to pick a half to fall asleep through? And so in the second quarter, they did wake up. But at that point, it was too late. Now it's too late for you and your white horse to come around. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Rasheed Rice tied the rookie receiving touchdown record, which was amazing. But at the end of the game, we're just not dogs. We don't have that closer mentality. I was walking around the stadium showing Kira all the Grim Reaper stuff around that place. And she didn't understand the reference of Patrick Mahomes to the Grim Reaper. And that's specific to the Bills-Chiefs rivalry. 
that 13 seconds was huge. And at the end of the game, it used to be, okay, it's showtime. Mahomes is going to do something crazy. But the whole fourth quarter, they just couldn't figure it out. Rasheed had the late game fumble, and that ended up costing us. And I'm not even going to mention KT's foot. No elimination, double fault, double fault. You stepped over the line on the throw. Double fault. You've got to be out of your mind. That is the worst call that I have ever seen. I mean, I'm out here busting my butt, and you're coming here with a full sleep call like that? That is total bullcrap. A continuation rule, 113 D, sir. Sunday. Honestly, that's how I will remember this game in a good way. That Kelsey play was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was one of the best plays ever. The place went nuts. And for like 15 seconds, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. And I'm not going to complain. KT was offside, man. If it was anyone else, we might have a leg to stand on or a toe for that matter. But it's the guy that's been costing us games late in the game all year. So yeah, he was offside, and I don't care about Von Miller's helmet. Uh, when it comes down to it, dumb things are going to cost us the game. Patrick still is a grim reaper, but the problem is he doesn't have a scythe. He doesn't have any tools. And a grim reaper without his weapon is just a guy in a cloak, which will take us to this week's Big Red Rant. I got a lot of problems with you people. No. You're going to hear about it. In the last few years, being a Chiefs fan, I imagine, is what it felt like to be a Patriots fan in the early 2000s. Even when you're losing, it feels like you're not. You're always just one moment away from taking control of the game. So I'm going to come at you with a lot of stats here. Because the fourth quarter is the problem. And I'll explain how. Taking a look at Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating situationally over the last three years. In 2021, when ahead of games, he had a 97 rating. When tied, he had a 100 rating. And when behind in games, he had a 98 quarterback rating. 2022, 100 ahead, 102 tied, and 114 when behind in games. This year... 93 when we're ahead, 109 when we're tied, and 80 when we are behind, with only a 62% completion percentage, which is one of the lowest in his careers. Subsequently, if you look at completions and attempts, 1 through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30, and 30 and over, 30 and over, obviously referring to those attempts late in the game in the fourth quarter. 2020, first 10, 99. Next, 115, 21 to 30, 99. And late in the game, 31 and over, 117 rating. 21, 104, 93, 90, and 106. 2022, 104, 114, 98, and 102. And this year, 92 in his first 10 completions. 106, 95, and then 31 in over, 73. So taking that, 
when we are behind in games, he has the worst rating. And late in games, he has the worst rating. That is a recipe for disaster when looking at the Grim Reaper. Jeez, you're pretty shook up about that appointment of yours. You're death. What are you afraid of? Where the hell have you been? When I said lunch, I said noon, not noonish. Sorry, Ma. Sorry? Is sorry gonna reheat the casserole? But it's not Patrick's fault because, again, he only has one interception behind late in the games and his completion percentage is actually pretty good looking at his career average it's the drops that are killing us Drop everything now. absolutely killing us because he doesn't have anyone to go to travis kelsey has zero touchdowns in the fourth quarter this year if you look at the last four years, 2020, he had nine. 21, he had four. Last year, he had seven. This year, he has zero. So in the fourth quarter, they are shutting out Travis Kelsey, and Mahomes has no other options. And that cannot win a Super Bowl. And we are past the deadline, and it's too late. So we're going to have to change something. Because we're not winning late. So we either have to figure out how to do that or we got to start pile on points early. I would much rather see that early takeoff and that rough landing than the opposite. So let's end this show different than how we normally do. I'm not putting 13 seconds on the clock because we're not going to make that drive. And we haven't been all year. We play the Patriots this week. And Bailey Zappi had a really good game last week. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. And let's not take it lightly. If we don't win this game, we might not make the playoffs. Here's hoping they figure it out. And here's hoping I see you here next week. Everybody, have a good night. All right, let's give a little cheese here. How about those cheese? Oh, they finished. Oh, they finished. Oh, oh, they finished. Oh, oh, let you come ready to go this next week.